0: Well hello hello welcome to Orchid Blooms podcast Welcome back Bloomers. my name is Orchid Brown. I am the host your host of the Orchid Blooms podcast. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Orchid Brown. If you are a loyal listener and is able to rate and leave a review for this podcast on a platform of your choosing, that you usually use to listen to this podcast. Uh, It could be iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or iArt Radio. Rate and leave a review because I would genuinely appreciate it. So thank you. I just wanted to start the podcast episode with that first. Now, I just wanted to give a quick update. I am hoping to start launching a few reels or photos of the merch that we now have on the website. I've also posted up the merch for the podcast in t-shirts, which says bloomers on it to represent the people that listen to the podcast and they are bloomers. You are growing, you are doing the best that you can and you're learning and you're developing and so i feel as if i needed an actual t-shirt that said bloomer to really showcase your growth i have also purchased the merch and i finally received them i bought all of the t-shirt line for ambitious because that's what it's going to say on the shirt and so i cannot wait to wear it and take some photos and post it up for you guys to see because i am super excited about it so definitely go on the website taonetwork.ca and shop 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 i'm hoping to publish some long sleeve shirts and sweaters for december so stay tuned for that. But the shirts are available now. So hashtag support, hashtag Orchid Blooms Podcast, hashtag TAO Network. I can't wait to see people post once I launch it on social media. I have until the end of this month to decide what I am going to do to promote the merch for a campaign. In I'm. Um, again yeah i'll figure it out (laughs) but anywho stay tuned for additional merch but for now we have some t-shirts so get on the website purchase your favorite t-shirts and let's go other than working full-time and also working on fixing up my home I'm still struggling to decide what I'm gonna get rid of, what I'm gonna keep, and it's been a struggle because I tend to hold on to things for a little too long. But other than that, everything is going according to plan thus far. Um, I have gotten rid of like how many bags of clothes, separated gently used clothes for clothes that I'm gonna send down to Jamaica for family, and then I I sent some other clothes that I I wouldn't give to my family to uh, Value Village. And uh, put up some art. I even broke something, and I wanted to cry because I bought it at a thrift store, and I painted it myself, and it was just so beautiful. But now it's gone, so I'm a bit hurt about that. But other than that, I just feel toward now that you know the end of November is coming, I kind of feel a bit burnt out, and it's not because of the podcast. I, I I mean, I finished painting my entire home. It's beautiful. I love it. I've even put up some of the wall arts already. And I'm just weeding through like little things like throwing out magazines that I've had for too long or, you know, just getting rid of stuff that I don't need. But I just found that since I've been so dedicated to working on my passion projects for myself that I haven't really taken enough time to kind of go out, hang out with friends, maybe go to a party, you know, a good dance. People don't understand like a good twerk helps that lower, you know, lower stomach muscle. You know, it helps that ass. and You start using those muscles in your thighs that you haven't used before. And then you wake up the next day and you're in pain. That's a good workout. And I mean, I haven't really had any time to go to the gym. So, you know, I'm desperate to just go to a nice, good party where it's good music surrounded by good people. And I just want to whine and drop it like it's hot and just drink my drink and just vibe. So I need to definitely make sure that I do that for Christmas, even though the last thing that I did for myself was earlier this month, uh, I went to Nordique Spa and that was great. And it gave me that boost for that two weeks. But honestly, after the two, three weeks passed, I was done. I was kaput. Like the painting project just was a lot for my body. I'm telling you. The amount of squatting that I had to do just to get down to get the paint in the right section so I didn't, you know, miss any spots. All of that, it was like up, down, up, down, and sometimes down. And it's literally a workout sometimes to paint. I always wondered why some painters that I see... You know, painters that work for a company that goes around on a regular basis going and painting places, apartment buildings, you know, as part of a residential home. I I never understand why they're fat. It was such a workout for me. My thighs hurt. My calves hurt. My feet hurt. My back hurt. I was like, if you are doing this every single day, it's a workout. But I guess because it's repetitive and you're doing the exact same thing every single day. That maybe for them, their body has just gotten really used to it. So it doesn't really count as a workout for them. But still, with that pot belly, that big ass, and that thighs, and I'm like, damn, you're a painter? How? With all the squatting, how? But anywho, um, I definitely, I definitely got my workout in. And now I just, I just wanna enjoy this Christmas time. So I know that I'll be doing my last podcast episode maybe the first or second week of december so giving you a heads up now and i'm still debating what my next two podcast episodes are going to be to kind of end out this this season and then it gives me from however time i have left in december to just complete a bunch of plans when it comes to the ambitious obsession network as well as Orchid broom podcast so I have a lot to do, but I really do need to like organize that time to really go out and have some fun for myself, have a couple of drinks, maybe eat some fatty food. Maybe I'll just buy a whole cake and just stuff my face with it just to make myself feel better. I don't know, whatever. I will figure it out, but I'm going to get back to working on that balanced lifestyle. It's just I had way too much to do this season. So while we're on this... Um, podcast episode. Today's episode is on self-sabotage. Self-sabotage is something that everyone is guilty of. No one is exempt. I feel like this statement that I just made, no one is exempt, is a statement that I've used in so many other podcast episodes that I should just make it my motto at this point. No one is exempt. Every single one of you have done something in your lifetime that has sabotaged you. So just remember that going forward. No one is exempt. Self-sabotage is defined as when people do or don't do things that block their success or prevent them from accomplishing their goals. It can happen consciously or unconsciously. Self-sabotage behavior can affect our personal and professional success as well as our mental health. In my early 20s, I was guilty of self-sabotage. I can't say that i don't do that anymore i i think i do but now i have a a better understanding of why i self-sabotage myself and when i actually think about it some of the things that i do do actually are for my benefit and not necessarily self-sabotage i didn't understand why i was doing it at the time because again it's your early 20s you really don't know very much I did it both consciously and unconsciously. Sometimes the self-sabotage was the best decision I ever made, but at the the time, I thought something was wrong with me. Why am I doing this? Why didn't I know I was doing it until it was too late? You know, it was over and it's like, wait, what just happened? So thankfully, my self-sabotaging was not destructive, thank God, it ended up saving me from hardship I guess my discomfort in the situation, either personal or professional, showed up unconsciously and I reacted unconsciously. It's my flight or fight. Or was it fight or flight? I think it's fight or flight. We'll get to that part of the podcast episode. Fight or flight response is an automatic psychological reaction to an event that is perceived as stressful or frightening. The perception of threat activates the sympathetic nervous system and triggers an acute stress response that prepares the body to fight or flee. They are considered to be trauma responses. The four F's, fight, flight, freeze, and fawn before i continue on this podcast episode i wanted to explain why i felt the need to go into trauma responses self-sabotage in my case stem from fight or flight i made conscious and unconscious decisions based on this i wanted to touch on these four because maybe there are people out there that struggle with this trauma responses can affect your behavior and also explain why you may self-sabotage back to the topic The four Fs, trauma responses, is a reaction that is triggered when there are a perception of or an actual threat, like an oncoming car or a growling dog. Research has compiled evidence for different trauma responses that we tend to display in order to protect ourselves from the threats or perceived threat. I feel the example of ongoing car and a growling dog are a normal reaction. Who wouldn't run from a growling dog or a dog that looks like he is getting ready to attack you? In regards to feelings, that's a whole different ball game. <laughs> Some people are afraid of getting hurt emotionally and would sabotage themselves out of love. Especially if we feel undeserving or we've been through stuff in our lives or we've done things in our lives that we ourselves have not forgiven ourselves for. We tend to now make our lives much difficult to forget that we're human and that everyone goes through this and no one is perfect and so we take on that burden you take on that burden of thinking that this person is too good for me i can't be with this person and like i said in regards to feelings it's a whole different ball game because it's on another level if you're comparing feelings to an oncoming car or a growling dog when it comes to self-sabotage especially in a workplace if you feel like you don't deserve the job that you're in or people make you feel that way or anything in such a way. Feelings are much deeper and they they hurt more. They're just deeply embedded into your psyche, into your core. It's what you think of yourself, right? It's your self-worth. So self-sabotage, I feel when it comes to feelings, it's much more damaging than anything such as a, an ongoing car or a growling dog those are just reactions like anyone will react that way if a dog starts growling at them they're like oh what's going on and they'll run I would run dog did that to me just a week ago the dog bit my crotch I was like oh my god if I was a dude somebody would have lost a testicle but you know I, I re, my reflexes were too slow but I pulled away enough that it grabbed my pants Rather than my actual pum pom, so i was <laughs> I was very blessed to have reacted in that way in a quick amount of time, but this dog apparently saw me as a threat, just walking by. It was it's weird. But as I said, you know, feelings are different. You can't react to feelings especially if it's feelings that you didn't expect to to come on so quickly or to happen especially when you think that something came into your life and you never thought it was going to happen and then boom it happens it could be a job it could be a promotion it could be someone that you've always wanted not in the package that you're looking for, but everything that you've asked for in a woman or a man. And it comes along and all of a sudden, this person's actually interested in you and you're like, what the fuck? I can't deal with this right now. Feelings are are much harder to control. Fight, flight, freeze, and fawn have evolved as, um, as a survival mechanism to help us react quickly to life-threatening situations. When our brain perceives a threat, we automatically react with one of these four trauma responses. Depending on factors such as individual differences or and past experiences of trauma, research suggests that an overactivation of our trauma responses is associated with a decline in our physical and psychological health. That is, chronic stress may contribute to high blood pressure burnout decrease immunity and an increase in anxiety depression post-traumatic stress and substance use problems it's a lot it it was really a lot (laughs) Um, so let's go into the first one fight fight response believes that if they establish power over the threat it results in security and control accommodated with a desire to defend oneself through fighting, yelling at, or controlling others. The thought behind this response is, I need to dominate the threat before it eliminates me. Yeah, I definitely do all of that. I mean, I have reeled it in over a few years. You know when you're younger and you have no control over your own emotions and your own bodily functions, so you tend to, well, I don't mean bodily functions. I mean, you can pee and stop peeing when you want to. But the point is, you know, looking back at my early 20s, when I I did do a lot of the fight responses, I can't say that I'm completely cured of it now <laughs> because I just don't have time for foolish people. So it just comes out. So, again, you know, every single time I do one of these podcast episodes where I'm learning uh, about things and people, I, I have to look in the mirror and go, girl, you got issues. You got real issues issues but let's move on to flight responses flight responses cope with a threat by running from or fleeing the situation these people often report difficulties with relaxation and sitting still as they are constantly worrying rushing hiding or panicking when they feel threatened the thought response is i need to run from the situation before it can hurt me i can say that i do half of those things but because i'm not afraid of confrontation as you've heard in my previous podcast episodes i don't run but i do take the time to hide or you know panic a little bit within myself in a controlled space that i alone have access to And then I make up a plan on what I'm going to do going forward. So it's a whole system, I tell you, a whole system. So let's go on to freeze response. Freeze response unconsciously detaches or detach from the situation by freezing or spacing out the body can feel rigid or become and become not even or but and become immobilized by the stress the thought behind this response is if i don't do anything the threat cannot hurt me the way of dealing with perceived dangers may result in difficulty making decisions or getting motivated and sometimes i do feel like i struggle with the motivated part even though it seems like i just attack things because you know that's that fight in me i will always fight till the day i die and hopefully when i die i will find some peace but in this situation, uh, I'm trying to think back on my life and find out when, when have I ever freezed in a situation. And I found that I freezed a lot in situations where it was romantic or intimate, especially if they they want something from me that I wasn't ready for yet and I just did not know how to express i wasn't ready because the issue is even if you found the words to express why you're not ready the other person sometimes doesn't listen because that's not what they want to hear so what's the point so i might as well just freeze (laughs) and hope they just walk around me like i don't exist you know what i'm saying it's it's not healthy it's not healthy so fawn response Fawn response avoid or deal with conflict through people pleasing They also experience difficulties in saying no and are afraid to share what they really think or feel in fear of how others might perceive them. They are so accommodating of others' needs that they tend to ignore their own. The thought behind this response is, if I can appease this person, I can be safe from conflict or pain. And you know what? I cannot say that. I'm exempt from this because during the summertime, I was hanging out with a girl that I used to be friends with back in the day. And I had to walk away from her due to, to like a conflict of, of values. And I, I, just, I just didn't think she knew me well enough um, for her to start making certain decisions that I would not appreciate. But this time around, when we reconnected again over the summertime, I found myself just kind of tiptoeing and people pleasing to try to avoid that explosion that's going to come from this girl that's out of nowhere that I won't even see coming and I won't know what triggered it because she doesn't really talk about, you know, certain things that she doesn't like. And when she does talk about things that she doesn't like, it's kind of like, listen, there are people out there in the world that struggle with this, like you can't snap at everybody. So when it did finally happen, it's like all of that people pleasing that I did or the appeasing of this person, all of that that I did over the summertime to avoid that conflict just ended up happening anyways. And I was like, girl, you should have known better. You should have known better. But I, I was trying to give second chances. And I mean, she did lead with. I have changed. I mean, I should take my own advice because I keep telling you guys that when someone tells you something, like "Oh, I'm really good in bed," "Oh, I'm I'm not a, a predator," you know, or they'll say stuff like "I'm a nice guy," and then it'll turn out they're nothing that they said they were. I should have known this because I said it to you. They they fool you, but what you need to understand is, the lie isn't, the lie isn't about you. The lies about them, they actually believe that they're nice guys. They actually believe they're not predators. They actually believe that they have changed, that they have grown. And really, the only reason why they think that way is because they have not been tested, <laughs> right? You have to, once you say that, you need to be tested. So when I hear people say, I'm not this person, or I've, I've changed, or I've grown, or I need to see it. So that moment will come where you will be tested and you're going to have to back up what the fuck you said. But anywho, I feel that people who exhibit self-destructing behavior experiences one or more of the four F's. Of course, this is all my opinion. No one has told me I haven't researched this and found like a clinical doctor that says, oh, they're very much connected. No, this is just my own opinion the case of self-sabotage behavior often stems from low self-esteem negative self-talk and related negative emotions which are continually reinforced by the results resulting failures and i can say that every single time i fail at something it does affect me negatively. It makes me wonder if something is wrong with me. I understand that feeling. I have been there. Like, why can't I conform? Why is it so easy for other people to do it? But yet it's so difficult for me. Why do I feel like I have to work 10 times harder to get to that little, the the 10% that these people are giving? Why is that? Is it favoritism? Is it, I don't know what it is. But that that does happen when you, re, when you experience failure. And thank God for people coming online and talking about how, you know, they failed themselves. And they're talking about how they've reached their level of success. But they're also making sure that you understand, like, this road to success was not easy. Like, they went through hell and back. They almost gave up. I love those stories because it reminds me that I'm not alone. I am not alone. You can beat self sabotage by monitoring your behavior, feelings, thoughts, and beliefs about yourself, and challenging them when they stand between you and your goals. All of these things are what I had to do, or had, what I had to work on for years. I literally spend my twenties working on me. People are always like, "Oh, did you have like lots of relationships?" and you know, your twenties. I'm like, I dated, but unfortunately be due to my standards no one ever could get past that dating phase because not that my standards is too high but I'm just sick of people who lie to themselves about who they are attempt to lie to me and then prove to me time and time again that they aren't who they say they are so I just want to find someone who is similar to me in the sense that what you see is what you get that's it. That's all. I don't need a fake person. I don't need someone who's trying to live a certain lifestyle or try to portray something that they aren't. Show me who you are and I will believe you. I feel that I need to understand why I do what I do. Once I knew what was triggering my flight, my fight or flight responses, which would lead to self-sabotage for me, can't speak for anybody else and if you do feel that this is something that you struggle with yourself and that maybe these flight responses are what's what's you know affecting your your self-sabotage behavior or triggering you to self-sabotage then definitely you need to sit down and dedicate 10 years of your life like i did trying to figure out what the fuck is wrong with you so you can hopefully have some control over it because keep in mind, you can't control other people, but you can control yourself. I feel that the freeze response is not so bad if you know how to use it. When I was learning about myself and what my triggers are and you know, self-sabotage and how I did it to myself and asking those questions, I also realized that the freeze response was the best response in those types of situations. I had to learn how to freeze when I'm about to self-sabotage. And I mean, it's so hard because you do it unconsciously as well. So it's like, how do you catch yourself? And if I made the mistake or acted upon that self-sabotage, then it's almost like I really needed to just freeze, just stop, not be impulsive, just stop, talk to myself. I know I sound crazy, but talking to yourself is the best thing you can do. I had to quickly apologize to myself and then i had to pers to go to that person's face not through text message not through you know the phone call i mean show up to their face regardless of, of the consequences and apologize to them as, as well i had to follow up with an explanation An apology without an explanation and understanding means nothing. It means you never learn from your mistakes. And so I learned a proper way to apologize, not just to others, but to myself, and truly understanding why I did that, where it stemmed from, and figuring out how to fix that going forward. A lot of people like to connect self-sabotage with self-destructive behaviors. Self-destructive behavior is when you do something that's sure to cause self-harm, whether it's emotional or physical. An example of this is attempting suicide, binge eating, gambling, gaming, or shopping. Self-sabotage would be eating junk food after promising yourself that you would eat healthier (laughs) self-sabotage would be wanting to find love and finally meet that person only to freeze and take flight self-destructive behavior would be similar to uh to a person that has um an addictive personality and i dedicated an entire podcast episode to, to people that have an addictive personality People who take a lot of drugs, especially cocaine or heroin, which, you know, destroys the mind and the body. Your life is consumed by this drug. You think about it. You live for it. You breathe for it. You would die for it. You would sell your body for it. That is destructive. I cannot support that they are the same, even though they have similarities while we are on the subject of self-destructive self-destructive behavior refers to any action you make even though you know it will have negative impact on your life so it is still a choice just as self-sabotage sometimes is a choice i know that most of the times it's unconscious but really it's still a choice because it came from you you still did it even though you didn't understand why you did it you still did it i'm just saying Recognizing self-destructive behavior, um, the most common patterns is what I really want to focus with recognizing um, self-destructive behavior. The first on the list is that you constantly make excuses for your personal and professional shortcomings. I mean, yeah. I guess that would be considered self-destructive. I know I do this every podcast episode where I analyze everything that I say to you. Because, you know, I read it online and this is what they were saying. But I wanted to talk about each and every individual thing. But in this case, you know, I guess, I mean, doesn't people that self-sabotage do the exact same thing? Don't we make excuses for our personal and professional shortcomings? I don't know. We always have an excuse for something. So I can see the connection between that point of view um, with self-destructive behaviors and sabotaging self-sabotaging behaviors. Second on the list, you don't have the energy to engage fully in your day-to-day life. Well, that kind of sounds like depression. So I don't know if that would be self-destructive because depression is an actual harmful thing that you cannot control. So yeah let's move on number two you neglect your physical health well i have to say i haven't been to the gym i haven't worked out in a while and other than my workout routine i mean i painting was the biggest workout i've done i haven't done my yoga i wanted to get into pilates but i'm sorry pilates is really boring but i you know i i have all these excuses you know what my life is busy my life is busy so i guess i maybe i fall under destructive self-destructive behavior i'm not sure if it's self-sabotage or self-destructive but they're saying you know they keep connecting them and not really differentiating them but i just feel like self-destructive is is a lot more than that physical health is it's it's a lot more than that but um number four on the list you sabotage personal and professional relationship again that i would put under self-sabotage not self-destructive but anyone can tell me i'm wrong number five you refuse to accept help from others well i can't say that is self-destructive because there's a lot of people out there that just want to prove that they can do it that they can do it themselves and it would just make them so happy if they just did it themselves for once in their life rather than turning to others and asking for help all the time you know what i'm saying so as much as these lists that this particular website gave me on this i just feel like all of these things kind of fall into just a self-sabotage category rather than a self-destructive category because destructive is much worse than a sabotage Self-destructive behavior is rooted in childhood trauma. Again, I don't associate use to associate childhood trauma to self-sabotage. That's destructive because it really fucks with your life. It really when if you have childhood trauma, it really fucks with your life. I promise you, I am not lying to you. Lack of secure attachment helps maintain it. Um, Patients who repetitively attempt suicide or engage in chronic self-cutting are prone to react to current stresses or stressors as a return of childhood trauma, neglect, and abandonment. See, right there, that sounds destructive. The list that I gave you before that was recognizing, you know, self-destructive behavior i again i really do feel like all the five things that i mentioned to you are mostly under self-sabotage that's just me so let's get back to self-sabotage six ways you can self-sabotage your own life and happiness one you neglect your health we talked about that see same thing same thing Number two, you're staying in a job that makes you unhappy. Yep, yep, that's definitely sabotage. Three, you keep toxic people in your life. Whoa, whoa. Number four, you don't experience anything new. You know how sad that is? I mean, to live your life where you never experience anything new, you might as well die, but that's, not the right thing to say in this category because experiences especially if they're new just revitalizes you it's exciting it gives you life so if you're just doing the same things over and over again until you die that's just really sad number five you procrastinate i mean who isn't guilty of procrastination i would love for someone to come and tell me on my on my page my uh my uh, the ambitious ops page and tell me if they have never, ever procrastinated ever in their entire life. I need to hear someone say, I get up every morning at 6 a.m. or 5, and I work out, and then I have a beautiful, full breakfast, and then I go out into the world and I work, and I just have full energy once I'm finished work and I get home and I just, I just relax in my luxury. Yeah, okay, okay, that's cute. That's nice. Number six, you try to make everyone else happy. I mean, who doesn't do that? So apparently, based on all this list, we are all guilty of self-sabotage. I cannot say that it's considered destructive behavior because like I said, I don't associate destructive behavior with any of this list, but I can definitely say that each and every one of us have self sabotaging behaviors. I have already touched on how I overcame self sabotage, but let's go over what I have learned doing my research. First thing you do, find your why. You know what? This is very important. The reason why I say that is because remember how I mentioned earlier in a podcast episode that when I was trying to figure out why I was self-sabotaging and I had to figure out what my triggers were this was it so what I did research was accurate because this is what I had to do I had to ask myself so many damn questions and I had to be honest about it and then I had to meditate on it and then I had to go back to it and ask myself the question again to make sure that I answered it properly and to make sure that that was a right answer and I know it's a lot of work but i really needed to stop myself from from just being the worst version of myself so why this is important to you that's the first question you need to ask why is it important to you to be successful why is it important to you to foster healthy and good relationships not just for your benefit but why is it important to you because ben you can easily say that oh you know fostering good relationships it means that i won't be alone that's cute but why 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 is it important to you ask yourself a series of questions again like i mentioned before that's exactly what i did what is truly driving your desire for change at this point if you were to ask me why i want to change so badly why i'm so dedicated to growth and developing myself and being a better version of myself is because i'm sick and tired of being stuck in the same place all the time like i mentioned before you know Um, The part where I mentioned just being stuck, not experiencing anything new that that gets old. Who wants to live a life where you're stuck in this place forever? You're stuck at this income line. I mean, food is, you know, getting expensive. Everyone else is getting paid more money than you are. You can't even go on vacations. You can't really do anything for yourself because you have to live by a budget. Who wants to live that? Nobody does so yeah my desire for change is economical growth i not just financially but mentally and i want to find my inner contentment i know that everyone likes to say i'm just trying to find my happiness that's cute happiness can also be momentarily but if you are content regardless if you are experiencing something that you feel it's it's like the end of the world to you you've feel like you've failed, if you have that contentment, nothing will phase you, nothing whatsoever. So the second thing on the list is tap into your strengths. It says, think of the goals you have accomplished in your past. What strengths helped get you there? What strategy did you use? I actually added the what strategy did you use myself? That's not what I read. But I understand I, for me personally, the reason why I added, you know, what is your strategy? Because I did have a strategy. I had to create an entire strategy for myself to accomplish a goal. To not fall off track, I had to create an entire schedule. I had to make sure that a certain percentage of my day was dedicated to this and then a certain percentage of my day was dedicated to something else. So yeah, it's a whole thing. It's not just thinking, okay, well, my strength is that once I start something, I just do it. Or I'm really good at focusing at this time or that time. Because some people are night owls, so they do the best work at night. And then there are certain people that are morning people, so they do their best work in the morning. And yes, that is a strength, but it's also a strategy. Because then you have to create a strategy around that. And so I felt like that was a part that was missing. So I decided to throw it in. <laughs> and number three on the list was practice making new choices changing bad habits takes time a lot of practice focus on one goal at a time it requires perseverance and that is very true in my 20s like early 20s i had so many things going all the time and guess what you know what the results of that was nothing ever got done because i got burnt out doing too many things all at the same time. And I have mentioned this in a podcast episode that I did uh, last year called Good Intentional Habits. And this is something that I mentioned there and I still have to do it now. And I have to learn how to focus on one goal at a time. Keep in mind, I do slip. I do. I'm not gonna sit here and say like, I've perfected how to not sabotage myself and I'm on the right path to success. No, I struggle every single day every single day especially when you're tired and you just don't have the damn time to focus on shit. yeah every single day i have to freeze i have to think and i have to go is this going to benefit me in any way if i decide to take this time to focus on that and start it and never finish it or finish what i had started a week ago okay be smart practice and keep in mind, practice doesn't mean that you're going to get it right within a month or six months. It's great. It takes a lifetime. Growth takes a lifetime. And anyone who says that I have reached my limit at like 30, okay, I wish you the best of luck with that philosophy. But you won't get there until you're dead, okay? You are going to learn stuff about yourself until you are on your deadbed. You're gonna be like ch- trying to get air. You could be going to bed and maybe die in your sleep. And before you sleep, the last thought could be something regarding your growth as a human being. It will never die. I know I sound morbid. I'm so sorry. The fourth thing on the list is therapy. All my podcast episode always ends with therapy. I know. I know. I need therapy. <laughs> if not, a life coach would do. I don't... I I didn't do it and that's something that I want to be honest about. I've never done therapy and I had to find what worked for me and a lot of you are like me. So I just want you to know that if you're not doing therapy, nothing is wrong with you. You're just more like myself. We are self-reliant. If we can't fix it ourselves, then we do research. And if that doesn't work, we seek help. But we need to know that we did everything we could do in our own power to get that job done. And then we'll consider therapy. That's how I think. But... Again, if you're doing therapy, nothing's wrong with that. Go for it. Get that help that you need. You're stronger than I am. I wish, you know, I was the type of person that would be like, let's not torture myself for the next five years. Just get therapy. I wish I could just do that. But I know myself. I am achievement driven. I need to know that whatever I'm doing didn't work. And now I need help. It's it, that's just how it is. Behavioral therapies teach techniques that focus on the problematic thought or actions that may be getting in your way of successfully reaching your goals. If you take into consideration mental health implication, it would be wise to seek professional help. If you find yourself caught in a cycle of self-sabotage beliefs and behaviors, working with a mental health professional can help. A lot of people self-sabotage their relationships due to low self-esteem and their insecurities. A lot of people feel that they aren't good enough. Good enough for success, for love, good enough to live. That's that destructive thought right there. that That's that destructive part where you just, you give up. You give up on life. This world tests you. And every time you break or break, or stop believing that good things will happen for you, you die on the inside. You are not dead yet, so live. Thank you for supporting the Orchid Blooms podcast episode. Visit our website at tao taonetwork.ca and our social media pages, Facebook, The Ambitious Obsession Network, Instagram at The Ambitious Net, Twitter at The Ambitious Ops. My personal Instagram and TikTok is at orchid eye brown don't forget to click the follow or subscribe button and share your favorite episodes with your family and your friends also and i keep saying a lot of also's but don't forget to rate this podcast and also leave a review even if you can't leave a review don't forget to rate and i hope you have a splendid day